Ask and you shall receive rumors, money, and movies. I'm your host, James Bastone. Welcome to the show. It is our 50th episode. Let me repeat that. 5-0. Our 50th episode in the History of Rumors, Money, and Movies podcast. Thank you guys so much. And this episode is going to be a little bit about that. Also, box office, news, movie reviews, all that. But I want to take a moment. And really say thank you to everybody who's listened to the podcast, whether it's your first time listening, whether you've listened one time, 10 times, 20 times, or 50. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for listening. You know, obviously, you're not, there's no obligation for someone to listen. And I know for myself, I try, but it's difficult to support people and listen to different podcasts and listen to different things. Everybody's time is very valuable. And when you guys give me your time, whether it's a 20 minute episode like today or an hour episode or whatever it might be, I respect that and know that I continue to try to improve the podcast. I take people's feedback, whether I you know really agree with the feedback or not, I try to take it, apply it, make the podcast better. And 50 episodes in, I feel like, the tangible improvement is there. We've invested in a mic. We've invested in business cards. So thank you for being on this ride with me. And also thank you for the people who helped me get here, supporting me. Again, <clears throat> helping with cards and, and, and things like that. Again, I really appreciate all the help that people have given me. On the note of the card, if you look at your card, we do have social media platforms. At RMM underscore 901 is our Twitter. We also have a letterbox, J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C. A little behind on that. Been very busy recently, though. In the next week or so, I'm going to try to catch up with that and put some films that I've been watching recently because I have been watching some films. Try to get that list more current. Also, don't forget, next week, Dune, an episode of Year in the Making. We will, ha- we will have guests for that episode. Very excited for that film. Has good reviews. And I think Dune's going to be good with the cast that it has, the director, and it's doing well internationally. I hope I think Dune, I believe in Dune. I think Dune's gonna be a big time, big time hit, not only with audiences and critics, but also potentially at the box office and maybe even at award shows. Two weeks after that, though, we'll have an interview with a professional filmmaker. Very excited for that. And then two weeks after that, roughly speaking, I'm gonna try to get another interview. I was talking with people. Obviously, things go out, they come in, you gotta reschedule. So I'm hoping that there's going to be another interview. If there's not, I'll get creative and try to come up with a different different podcast to discuss. So I was originally supposed to release this podcast earlier this week. However, I had fall break. I was very busy. I was catching up on a lot of things. So I didn't really have opportunity to do it, publish it, edit it, record it, all that until today. So it is somewhat behind, but... It actually worked out well because now I can talk about the box office. Earlier this week, I did watch No Time to Die, the new film that came out, the James Bond final Daniel Craig installment. And if you've seen the film, it is his final installment. I didn't, I didn't get like reviews per se. I did more sort of public opinion. And I, I saw it with two people. They liked it. I talked to somebody else who didn't really like it. I talked to somebody else who thought it was trash. So, and I saw, I talked to some people who were like, I was going to see it, but then I didn't. So I, I, there was a wide range of opinions where I got, you know, great movie to it was trash, which is interesting. 
Before I get into my opinions of that film, however, let's talk about its box office. And also the box office of Venom, the movie I made fun of, and then Halloween Kills, which came out this week. So two weeks ago, Venom Let There Be Carnage set a pandemic record at $90 million opening weekend. Crushed at the box office, was facing competition. Two other films opened nationally with it. Didn't matter. Venom overcame mediocre reviews. I'm so surprised that they were even that high. If you want to catch my thoughts on that film, I thought it was absolutely horrendous and atrocious and a disgrace. Go check out my letterbox. I have strong words for that film. I gave it zero stars. I've never given a film zero stars. I gave that film. I think it's one of the worst films. Stupid, illogical, makes no sense. Not fun, not entertaining, boring, actually. Horrendous. Just awful filmmaking whatsoever. No Time to Die finished relatively around expectations at $55 million last weekend. You had, again, this is why I talk about box office journalism. You got to look what you read is like, you have to take it with a grain of salt because I saw CNBC saying, why No Time to Die can make $100 million? Like, no one thought that. Why are you like, oh, come on, million? No one thought it was going to make 100 million. Everyone thought it was going to make 50 million or 60 million. Or, you know, and no one thought 100 million wasn't even on the table. So that was just a funny thing that I saw. But Venom held well, made 30 million last week. And then this week, Halloween opened. Third straight weekend with the number one movie made over $50 million. Halloween made 50 million. No time to die to held relatively strong with 24 million. Around expectations, actually slightly above expectations that I saw. Venom finished a little bit below expectations at around $16 million. And you might have been seeing commercials for The Last Duel starring Adam Driver, Jody Comer, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Finished slightly below expectations, but minuscule, made about $5 million, directed by Ridley Scott. Now, the good thing about the box office that we've been seeing is two things. Three films back to back to back made over $50 million. In their opening weekend. That's that would be good, like regardless, even without without a pandemic, but with a pandemic, that's very strong. Because that means you're not a mega hit, you're not making 200 million dollars or 150 million dollars, but that's like a, a film that people wanted to go to a theater to see. Anything above 50 is like okay, people wanted to go see this in a theater. That's like a pretty big film. That's positive. Another development that's positive is three straight weeks where the overall box office has been above a hundred million. We haven't had that since January 2020. So if you think about that for a second, we haven't had that in 22 months or 21 months. We haven't had a three consecutive weekends with over 100 million box office gross for the entire market. Very, very positive development there as well. So that's two very positive developments. We're already up to $3.5 billion domestically. We're getting there. Is $5 billion out of reach, maybe, but we still have Doom. We still have Eternals. We still have Matrix 4, No Way Home. So we got a chance, folks. The fat lady has not sang just yet on that front. Now, transitioning now to sort of my proxy review. I'm not going to do a full-fledged review on it because I also want to uh, uh, keep the podcast so much. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. It's going to be a real, real show. You might be wondering, why didn't I have a guest on? Because of the nature of the podcast, I was I had to push it off. Like I said, I ended up not having a guest because a lot of the time you have to get it like two weeks in advance and people saw it, but I don't want to go to the well too many times with certain people. And, you know, it's tough to just get like someone, ran- not random, but someone I kind of know on the podcast because like they have to put in time and energy. So I want to be fair to people's times while also being able to produce the content that I want. I'm still going to give a review on No Time to Die that's more in-depth than usual, like little box reviews. 
but I'm going to try to transition it more into like actually my issue with the film macro effect, not just the film itself. So there's 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, 88% audience score. The critics set this reads, it isn't the sleekest or most daring 007 adventure, but No Time to Die concludes Daniel Craig's franchise tenure in satisfying style. Audience says, it's very long and packed with plot, but No Time to Die says goodbye to Daniel Craig's bond with all the action and excitement franchise fans expect. Now it's directed by Carrie Joe Fukunaga, who is relatively well-known director. He came over to show Maniac. People might know with like Emma Stone and Jonah Hill was on Netflix. He also directed Beast of No Nation, which was the first original film from Netflix. He's a relatively talented director. I'm not the biggest fan of, I, I've only seen two of his films. So he, it's, he hasn't made like a wide range of films. And I'm not the biggest fan of him. I thought that No Beast, Beast of No Nation was kind of, eh, I didn't really love this film. But he's he's not, He's not a bum, so to speak. He says he's a talented filmmaker. He also wrote it as well. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it. So this clearly he has props, which is why he got this high-profile position. It stars Daniel Craig as James Bond. You have returning cast members such as Ralph Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Ben Winshaw, all part of the team. Lashana Lynch is a big-time newcomer. Anna de Armas is a big-time newcomer. And Leia Sadow is the love interest of James Bond, and then you have Rami Malek playing the villain of the film. For me, the characters themselves <clears throat> were like, the, the stuff going on in this film were really problematic for me. Not even on a spoiler basis, but there's been five films in the James, the James Bond, you know, Craig-led series, and yet they decided like three and a half films in, now we're going to make this like long, drawn-out plot with Spectre. Like there was... It's, it was like backdoor, we're going like to rewrite it. It wasn't built through the entire story. And that's really the main problem with this film, Inspector. It's not like they made one, two, three, four with the, with the plan of having it built to five. They mean like one, two, kind of built into three, three kind of built into four, but then four was like, no, actually one and two are part of it. And then five's like, yeah, like really based off four. It's like, what? But it's not even based off four. It like, doesn't make sense. No one cares that much. So that was the first problem. And the real problem with that is, is the writing is weak. Everyone's saying stuff that you're just like, no one even knows what this means. Like, this is just like a meaningless plot. It's a meaningless line. Now, it's supposed to be meaningful, but it's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, Spectre. It's like, dude, you know, what are you, they weren't even a thing until last movie. Now, all of a sudden, it's like an important plot point I got to take super seriously. At least with Marvel, for example, they're like, yeah, now Thanos is a thing. As opposed to like in the 14th movie, Thanos is a thing. I'm like, what? Now we got to care about this like random guy. It doesn't make any sense. There's no vers- versimilitude, right? Vers- versimilitude is basically means it doesn't make sense in your story. Like if a, you would have a plot twist, but it, it doesn't have versimilitude. Versimilitude. I'm, I'm botching the pronunciation of that. But if you don't, it doesn't have that then it's not a good plot twist. It doesn't, because it's not meaningful to the characters. It doesn't make sense in the story. That's why like a plot twist or plot development has to make sense in the story itself. You could have the coolest plot point of all time, i.e. Peter Parker and Venom clashing. But if it doesn't make sense, why should I care? It doesn't make sense with the plot within the story. So it was my first big problem with the story. The second big problem with the story was Rami Malek's character is garbage. 
garbage. This villain is stupid. I don't even know what he wants. He's like, I want to kill people, but there's no real explanation as to why. I don't know. I don't know. He, he got no characterization besides the first scene. And I, also, I don't even know how old he's supposed to be either. The whole thing made no sense. I don't know how. I don't even know how old any of these people are supposed to be. On. I don't know how old James Bond is supposed to be. I have no idea how old Madeline Swan was played by Leia Sado is supposed. To be. I don't know how old is this guy. Like thirty, and she, this guy is Rami Malek like fifty because like in the opening scene he's like twenty or something. He's like a grown man, and Madeline Swan's like eleven. But now that it's the same age, <laughs> what did someone just go through a time machine? It's just stupid. The whole thing was dumb. And it's your dad or something. The whole thing made no sense. It was the the villain wanted to kill. This isn't a spoiler. He wanted to kill like the whole population because somebody killed his dad. It's the dumbest thing. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm, I'm purposefully not explaining it well. But even if I did, why does he want to kill the whole world? Like, I want to leave a legacy behind. Okay, you're going to fight. You're going to fight. You're going to figure out any better ways. There was no, there was no better opportunities. Right, to leave a legacy behind. Straight trash. They do some interesting things with James Bond's character. They give him interesting stuff with his character, but in the end, it, it kind of falls on deaf ears. And it's because it's all rushed. It's all rushed. Spoiler, spoiler. I'll just say stop saying spoilers now, but, you know, Madison Swan, Lace those character and Daniel Craig's character, James Bond and Madison Swan, like, break up, and then like, all of a sudden they love each other again. I'm like, what are you, bro, what? I don't understand. It makes no sense. Now, Lashana Lynch's character, Nami, <clears throat> she's 007, written like complete trash. And they wonder why no one likes these characters that they write, these like female characters that they write. It's because they're written like garbage. Seriously, this woman had no characterization. She was just a complete, like, let's write a female character. Let's make her a not good human being or like, let's make her annoying or something else that I'm not like, going to say. And then be surprised why people don't like her. And then, oh, oh, you don't like your work because you're sexist? You're racist? Is that why you, you have a problem that uh, 007's a black woman? No. She's written like garbage. I don't even, her whole thing is like, oh, is, is he 007? Oh, is, is he back on the job? Like, who cares, bro? He's trying to help out. James Bond's trying to help out. Like, and then one of my students be like, oh, she's cool. She doesn't, nothing, nothing comes of it. It's just dumb lines that she's saying that don't get her over, like, don't make me like her at all. And then you're like, oh, and you like her. Well, you like her for a while, huh? Huh? No, I don't like her because she's an idiot. Speaking of idiots, I know the armist in this movie's character is dumb as hell, but like, a, she's not really dumb. She's a idiot savant. She's an idiot savant. But actually, she's the best part of the movie. And like, everyone is saying this. I know people told me, Everyone's like, yeah, this girl's like the best part of the movie. Can we get more of her? Literally the best part of the movie. I'm not even kidding you. She brought charisma. She, as quote someone who talked to me, she seems to be the only one excited to be in the movie. She actually brings a presence that's exciting. And it's not just like we're here to get contracts to be paid. But in the end, her whole plot serves no purpose. She's in it for 15 minutes and leaves. It's almost like they just wanted to put her in there to like set up like some show spinoff or to get her Instagram click to show up or something. You know, it was just like for money purposes. Meanwhile, she was like, the because she was, a, she was very much in the marketing of the movie. She was in it for 15 minutes. Her overall plot or what she did really didn't like mean anything. Meanwhile, I'm like, yo, stay a little longer. 
It, you know what I mean? She's telling James Bond to stay a little longer. And we're, everyone's like, yo, how don't you stay a little longer? So, I mean, I look at this, I look at this film and I say, now this is where I get into the little spoilers. It comes out that James Bond has a kid. It comes and then James Bond dies because he gets like touched with this like nanobite technology. And it got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it does have legitimate cinematic fervor. It, it has like, some great scenes that are really well shot. And, and that's the thing about Kerry Fuganaga is that he he has a lot of set pieces, lighting, and he's a good filmmaker. It's it's it looks cooler than a Marvel movie, so to speak, based off cinematography and lighting and locations. But overall, by no means is this, 80, I, when you see 84% around Tomatoes, in my head, I'm thinking really good film, really good film, really good film. And when I'm seeing everyone say, wow, it's really good, it's really good. It was two hours and 49 minutes. It was simultaneously overly ambitious and underly ambitious. It was a really complex plot story or a lot was going on. And yet it was kind of simplistic, the story that they were actually telling, right? The logistics of it were not simplistic but the story itself was very simplistic overly simplistic the characterization were just people saying stuff and you're like yeah i don't really feel that because i haven't really seen you guys relationship like you guys are so in love and then you guys like break up and then it's five years later and you guys like oh i love you so much you know i mean i guess it's kind of how it works but okay like and then like oh of course you guys had a kid together okay like kind of lazily written and it's overall just lazy writing at the end of it all, it's really just all that is, is just lazy writing. And it's it's not as if I hate the movie. I think it's the worst movie of all time. I, I Frankly, I don't. But is this all we can do? Is this the best that we have? I mean, look, you watch Venom. That's a piece of shit. That sucks. But this is just okay. But And the reason why I'm saying this is because the score was somewhat similar to The Dark Knight. And I'm like, okay, so The Dark Knight came out in 2008. Is and is and was and is the best superhero movie to come out. It's probably the best blockbuster to come to come out. Maybe hopefully Doom changes that. Though I, I, there's some other films that I could argue that they're better or just as good. Okay, but you take out Christopher Nolan from the blockbuster genre. What films do we really have? Okay, it's like yeah, Dennis Villeneuve made like a good movie here or something. Hopefully, makes another good movie with Dune. But James Bond has been around for 50 years. Can we get a little bit more creative with our stories? And that doesn't mean, oh, let's give James Bond a kid. Let's have James Bond die. Because it's still by the numbers. It's still very simplistic. And then at the end, everyone's like, oh, I was crying. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I was listening to a podcast. And these three guys gave this movie like like a seven and a half, a nine, an eight and a half. And I'm like, "What, what drugs do you do? This was... Maximum the six. And I feel like our standards are so low now. So yeah, it's cool. It looks cool. It's like, where are our standards? It's not as good as Skyfall. Skyfall, like Skyfall was good. It wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it was good. That came out nine years ago. You shouldn't you be getting better, not worse. Right? If a movie's released 10 years ago and it's the best movie but to be released, that's a bad thing, not a good thing. That says more about the things being released now than the film that was released previously. And I know it's super hard to make a good film, but you can't like four and a half movies through be like, oh, now all of a sudden we're going to make this long, epic, multi-story climax. Meanwhile, it's like, dude, like it wasn't even built into the other fa- the other stories. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, here are the big, you know, here's some of this like big plot. Let's make James Bond this epic. 
thing. I'm not even a James Bond fan. I'm just saying. Like, wait, is that really the best we can do? Is a poorly written two hour and 49. I mean, that's another thing. All these films are like three hours. Okay, if it's going to be three hours, you better be damn good. Because if you're, if you're not good, then why are you three hours? And the movie didn't even feel like it was three hours long. I mean, it, it, and I, I think I got there like five minutes late, but still, I don't know how much, I don't know how much I missed actually. I'm not Loki, but I missed like one. If it's gonna be two hours and forty nine minutes, can I have a little bit of something to sink my teeth into? Not some villain that isn't good, and some weird romance plot, and the best characters in it for fifteen minutes. Can our standards be higher? This movie, eight out. You're telling me eighty four out of hundred critics are, are are requesting this movie. I wouldn't request this movie. No, I wouldn't. No way. You can say, I don't like anything. Okay, I don't like anything. Movie's not that good. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, it's not awful, but I mean, I, I would be like, maybe I would, maybe I, maybe I would, maybe I would recommend it, but I'd be like, yeah, if, if you've seen the four of the movies, go see it. But if you've never seen a James Bond movie before, or anything, like, don't go see it. That's it. So, whatever. Anyway, Dune comes out next week. I'm going to have a couple guests for that. Locked in, been locked in for a year. It comes out simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters. That might hurt its box office, but Halloween Kills was also released on in theaters and on Peacock, Peacock, Peacock. Now, I don't know if that means that Peacock just absolutely has Peacock, which might be true, or uh, maybe maybe it's not affecting blockbusters. So hopefully Dune makes some money. Go see Dune. If that movie's not good, I'll tell you right now, my soul's going to just like, I don't know what's going to happen. If Dune is not good, we're going to have issues. That's all I'm going to say. So all my review was pretty decent of this not-so-good film. Again, great lighting at times, great landscapes, great great long shots, great cin- cinematography, and it looked great. But, okay, if you're looking good, it does not mean you're good. Okay, it's not what's on the inside, not on the outside all the time. But anyway, guys, that's our 50th episode. I hope it was good for you guys or you liked it or I gave you something you didn't hear yet. Again, follow us on Twitter at RMM underscore 901. Look at the letterbox. I'm truly trying to invest some time into that. J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C. I would change the username, but they want me to pay. I said, no, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying to change the username. Who do I look like? Who do I look like to you? Pay for a username. Anyway, if you listen, listen. If your friends don't listen, tell them to listen. Hey, I only need, I only need you for five seconds. Five, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Maybe I, maybe I entertain you enough. So anyway, guys, see you next week for Dune. Thanks for listening. It is our 50th episode, and hopefully we can have 50 more. Thanks for coming on the ride, and I'm going to keep working, not only for myself, but for you guys. And again, thank you so much for all the support. Goodbye.